I guess it's my turn to choose a card. Let's see. What is the biggest thing in the world? That's a tricky one. A mountain? A sky? A windmill? No! If only there was a way to learn more about the world. Everyone and welcome to Generation Lost. This is the <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie show with gonna... Bryn and Jeremy. I know we can't leave the claps in, and like this is going to be a terrible way to start the podcast. But I have to just let everybody know that Bryn just did the most professional move I've ever seen anyone do on a podcast. <laughs> Listen, I'm a real podcaster. <laughs> I know how to intro a show, and this show is called Generation Loss, and it's a movie show with me and Jeremy. I'm Bryn, and that's Hi, I'm Jeremy. Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, so we have laughter in the background because we have guests, yeah. guests today on our movie video show. The Horror Vanguard, John and Ash from the Horror Vanguard are here. Say hello, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta say, this is like the slickest intro for any podcast I've ever been involved with. Truly, yeah. You have to to sit back (laughs) in awe of our professionalism. (laughs) Yeah, you have to really put some respect on my name as someone who can intro a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Bryn famously of Weed Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And me famously of What If Goku Was Gay Podcast. <laughs> I mean, both both of those are answering the questions we all need answers to. So That's true. If we are yeah. going to build a true leftist movement in this country, mm-hmm. we are going to have to answer the question, what would it be like if... Goku was gay. <laughs> yeah, with right. Vegeta. With Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Horror Vanguard, welcome to the show. Thanks. I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we're here. Yeah, this is great. So uh, we wanted to ask you a question. Uh, what did you watch this week? Ash should go first because he has uh, much more weird and interesting tastes in in media than me. I I, I was gonna say I've really been on one this last week, and I've been watching like I've got like one IV drip that's just been a steady line of like direct to video rom coms, and another one that's just been like <laughs> experimental art house horror. Okay, so okay. it's been on, it's been like a Christmas Prince and Christmas Wedding Planner, and oh, then I'm God. watching Thanatopsis <laughs> and 1065 Self Mutilation, and it's just been like. I feel like I'm in a really peaceful space thanks to so all of this. Like- Prince is the the Netflix one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's three of them now, but I've only seen the first one, so Dude, I can't speak to the franchise as a whole. That is <laughs> so funny to describe that as a direct-to-video rom-com, because then that means that like the Irishman is like a direct-to-video. Rom-com. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I'm with Ash 100 percent on this. <laughs> I mean, that's why we call our show a show about videos. Yeah, because we talk about all kinds of stuff, movies of all lengths. But that's so funny to put it on the same level 
Marvel as like Aladdin to the return of Jafar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which pales in comparison in terms of animation quality and lack of Robin Williams. I actually don't even know if that's the title of it. It is. Return it is. of Jafar. Dude, hell well, yeah. And, and then uh, three is Prince of Thieves. That's right. right. Which rules. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his dad, right? Aladdin's yeah. dad. Aladdin, Aladdin's dad. His deadbeat dad comes back and tells him. Oh, man. You can have the touch of Midas. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that one's about. A little gold hand it's, that makes you turn anything into gold. Anyway, so pick one you would like to talk about. I I'm I I gonna have to go with the uh weird experimental horror. I mean Ash is Ash is constantly sending me recommendations of like I'll I I will because we're on different time zones, I will I will wake up and get ready to go to work and I'll check my email and there'll just be an, like a one-line message from Ash saying, Watch this, but only in the light. <laughs> so I'm like, oh god. Ah, that's so, like a tip typical Thursday. <laughs> what 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 scared you? I, I can't remember. What Ash, what was the last thing you sent me? Uh, the the last one I sent you was um I think a link to Corridor. What's that? Uh Corridor is a 1970s uh experimental film. I don't remember if it's Canadian. It's probably Canadian uh cuz all the good experimental horror came out of Canada. Um, Ooh, okay. but it's by Standish Louder and it's um if if I guess if I'm pressed to describe any plot that happens, it's about a a being, presumably a human, trying to walk down a surreal hallway. Okay. And there is a uh, semi-humanoid figure of what could be a nude woman at the end of the hallway, uh, who is always doing incredibly bizarre stuff. This uh, sounds like cool. time like, twenty three minutes. <laughs> give me like a for instance of this bizarre stuff. Yeah, are the is she like um is she like doing the Charleston? Is she voting for Donald Trump? <laughs> Whoa, now that's bizarre. <laughs> so bizarre. Uh, it's, it's it's more like uh, like like her her body is constantly like blurring and shifting and um, the way the way they film her she's kind of like diaphanous and sometimes you're like uh, uh, passing through her but the way the effect kind of comes off it looks like you have to move through her body in the same way you're moving through a corridor so it takes longer mm. and then sometimes she just kind of like freaks out and runs away it's really 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 strange I highly yeah. recommend it uh, Standish Louder's Corridor. It looks really cool. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> How long is this? It's only like 20 minutes. Oh, that's too long for now. I'm but. not going to watch all that right now. <laughs> I'm just, if it was watching... like a couple of minutes, we could just watch it as we talk. <laughs> I'm going to watch it in the corner of my eye while I talk <laughs> to you. Just in the background. <laughs> okay, so Ash, what did you watch this week besides Corridor, I guess? Oh, um, uh, I, I watched, uh, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, The Christmas Prince, A Christmas Wedding Planner, um, Falling in Love, uh, the story about a woman who buys an inn in New Zealand and has to go fix it up and falls in love with the dashing local handyman. Uh, and then <laughs> and then a bunch of just kind of like ultra bizarre uh, horror stuff like Begotten and 1065 Self-Mutilation. And, so wait, uh, did set, you just uh, watch Begotten or are you just like a guy oh, no, who I've throws seen, I've on seen Begotten? begotten. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy who throws on Begotten. Okay. It's been yep. a hard day at work and I just got to unwind. So crack open a cider, throw on Begotten, you know, un- yeah. you know stretch, stretch out a little. Begotten is not a real, it's not a story at all. It's about God killing himself and then like evil flowing out of the world. It's by the guy who directed Shadow of the Vampire, Elias Mary. Um, 
it's his first film and it's just black and white and it's just horrific yes. scenes that you can't really know what you're looking at until like something weird happens and you're like, oh God, that's someone disemboweling themselves. Um, yeah, it's a, the, the footage is like ultra grainy black and white, so it's hard to pin down the specifics of kind of anything that's going on. It looks really cool. There's a Marilyn Manson video that kind of steals it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it's good. It's uh, I mean, it's not good if you don't want to look at disgusting things but if you want to it's pretty cool disgusting thing (laughs) and so what is it it'll be like a close-up of like just like something and you're not really sure what it is yeah well like the first scene is like like zooms out a little bit almost like a um like a highlights magazine type of thing where it's like uh what's different now (laughs) (laughs) kind of it just kind of all comes into focus Uh uh-huh yeah it's it's like one of those things where like when you when you first see a new image in the movie um, because of like the really high contrast and the grainy footage, it's kind of hard to figure out what you're looking at. But then after you've been looking at it for a while, you're like, oh, that's a face. Oh, they're doing something absolutely terrifying. Okay, good. <laughs> and next scene. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a fun movie. Um, so, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched, uh, well, following our last episode where we talked about um, the st- strange thing about the johnsons yes so uh, last week we watched for the horror vanguard guys you haven't heard this yet but the the last week we watched ari aster's short film the strange thing about the johnsons have you guys seen that uh no i haven't uh, seen that no yet. i've heard of it though i've heard some great things about it okay well <laughs> it's truly psychotic and highly recommend not watching it uh, i think oh, these guys yeah. will like it i'm sure you guys will absolutely adore it i uh don't ever want to see it again <laughs> <laughs> I kind of left uh, that the, is... uh, the conversation about it saying, I think that if you are a fan of, of Ari Aster, you said, yeah. uh, if you're a fan of Ari Aster, like you'll probably be interested in going back to see this just to see kind of like how it affects his later work. I had never seen any of his work. Uh, this was the first thing I'd seen. Yeah. And so uh, l- last night I threw on Hereditary just to kind of uh, get a sense of <laughs> yeah. his jam a real feel-good film a real feel-good yeah, fantastic film. 1 a.m start <laughs> yeah jeremy texted me being like is this gonna scare me too much i was like you'll probably be fine <laughs> yeah feel, That's a true feel friend, fantastic right after the great night of sleep i got <laughs> did it scare you it was scary yeah i loved it i think it was I'm really glad. great i think um uh for those who haven't seen it, it's a it's a kind of like a family drama uh, in the beginning about uh, a family that loses their their grandmother and then loses the uh, daughter of the family. Uh, I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but whatever. It's an old ass movie, and like I feel like everybody no, but no, me saw it. Spoilers for everything. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. but yeah. So after that, they kind of like go through this whole turmoil between them of like almost like shifting blame on one another for whose fault it is that the daughter died right and then that eventually leads to the daughter's ghost kind of just like coming back and then they do some seance shit and bring her back even more and uh then ooh, it just goes <laughs> off the off the deep end and, and it's a satanic cult and then yeah uh, turns out it's actually was all a plan to yeah take over the son's body and put a demon in mm-hmm. it and it gets very fucked up yeah i i really really enjoyed it i kind of think though that it, i can see actually like where a lot of the errors of yeah the johnsons kind of manifest themselves again in this one. Oh, really where i think that kind of towards the end it feels like 
he has to end this story. Okay. And it starts to move yeah, at yeah. like a bit too quick of a pace. Like once the once the satanic cult element kind of comes into it, I feel like it starts to just speed up too much. Mm. And you're like, no, well, you need like, it's got to breathe a little bit. Like I need a little bit more time to digest that this has been a satanic cult. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I liked it. I think I still would highly recommend watching it. Still don't think I would recommend the Johnsons, though. <laughs> now that Too I've seen that. some of his work, I'm retracting what I said last week. I no longer think that if you're a fan, you should go back and watch oh, it. Oh, really? Because you think it would just even more fucked up and you won't like it. It's fucked up. You won't like it. It's not that good. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're describing all the kinds of movies I like right now. Yeah, you're really selling it to me. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up and not that good is really my go-to yeah it's Did i don't you, know man it's a different kind of fucked up and not that good than you're thinking though <laughs> okay well i like it and i think if you like fucked up shit you should watch it because it is a real it's very unique it's i think i've never seen a movie like it before mm. or since and i i can definitely say that for sure i've yeah. never seen anything else like it so I definitely would recommend it if you want to see something weird. <laughs> Sweet. I, I may or may not have pulled it up and have it ready to go for after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately hit stop on Discord, hit play on the video. <laughs> Did you guys watch uh, Hereditary? I, I think it's just... It would make an amazing ABC family show, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think he... like. We did a whole episode on on Midsummer, which we were kind of like mixed on. Okay, and thought it was all right, but I think Hereditary really works, and it's super creepy. Yeah, in all the right ways. It's horrific. What's funny is we talked last week a bit about Rosemary's Baby, and I think I don't remember if it came up in the context of Hereditary or not. Yeah, but it's very mm. very similar. Yeah, uh, it's a movie that is using oh, yeah. the language of a horror movie to tell a very Distur- story about something that's real life disturbing mm-hmm. um whereas yeah, yeah. it's like s- satanic cults not generally don't exist <laughs> yeah um and aren't yeah. possible uh to have demon possession but like the idea of an abusive person who uh, uh who was abused and abuses their children right is real and is also very horrifying. Dude, but on that note, you'll love this. I went into uh, the old Reddit thread from when the movie came out okay. to kind of see what people were talking about when it came out. And um, there was a thread where somebody was like, yeah, I like the movie and all, but like uh, the demon is like a real demon. And like the the thing that they use to uh, bring the demon to, to Earth is like a real uh, um, what is it, ritual or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, so I think it's like a cool movie, but they're kind of like messing with stuff that they don't really uh, know the power of. Yeah, well. <laughs> and then there's a whole thread of just like Reddit ass atheists who are just like, uh, it, it, that's bullshit. It's Fuck not you. real. You know, it's not real. But it's like just watching two of the worst kinds of internet idiot just butt heads endlessly. <laughs> The the kind of well actually aerobarous where it just keeps going yes. and like perpetual mon- well actually <laughs> and it just kept going. <laughs> yeah, Ari Aster did a lot of research. Like payment is a real demon in like lo- like mm-hmm. real lore yeah. of like actual Catholicism, and it's like yeah, if you believe at all in demons, like that movie is the actual demonic movie. Yeah, um, I was looking into that. Cool. The the that like he he's from like some like old 
book. It's not like the Bible, though. No. And that's something I always found very funny about like all the hell lore is that it's like all kind of extended universe. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that like Catholicism has fanfic, like yeah. an accepted extended universe is very funny yeah. to me. It's called the Apocrypha, which is dope. <laughs> <laughs> I read all the Apocrypha when I was in like high school. Yeah, because you're spooky. No, because I was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, yes, both. I was a spooky Christian. Um, and it's pretty cool. There's like a whole part about like the whole war in heaven and shit and like uh-huh. all the devils being like, fuck you, God, and then getting sent to hell and stuff. It's pretty neat. Yeah, there's a lot about <laughs> dragons in there as well. Which yeah, is the like Leviathan very, and shit. Very Game of Thrones. But like... <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that all how it always goes? All the good stuff happens in the fanfic? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All the all the the normal like canon shit is really boring. Yeah, yeah. Where's the spice mines? Oh, dude, what if um, right. yeah. what if Disney bought, I guess, the Catholic Church, bought <laughs> <laughs> by the rights to the Bible franchise, yeah, they erase like all of Dante, they erase all of that shit. Like, no, none of that is real that all anymore. Count now. It's just the Bible. Bring it back and um. For whatever reason, uh, uh, Mary Magdalene is Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, and she's dead, so it's a CGI <laughs> Carrie D- Fisher. CGI de-aged Carrie Fisher zombie. Yeah, and every time Jesus like uh, passes her, instead of her like wiping his face and whatever, she just like stands in one place because they couldn't animate her anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want her to look it's weird. A, it's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie about, it's, it's a book about family. <laughs> and it, smiting it really your children. Is. It really is. I, I'm I'm just here for when they slap one of like one of the disciples onto like a rocket raccoon previs and he's just scampering about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I watched not a lot this week, but I did watch a uh, AGDQ, which is speed running, <laughs> which is not a movie, yeah. but it is on film. <laughs> Wait, what, okay, what's your? Do you have any like favorite games of speed run, or do you do any speed running? So I did. I did um, speed running of. I first got into speedrunning because I was just playing Super Mario Brothers, the first one on my Wii in college. I was doing it really fast. I was just like playing it over and over again and trying to yeah. do it as fast as I could. And I found I could like, I was like at like five, five minutes and two seconds or something. And I found that the world record was only like 450. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I tried tr- I'm pretty fast at Super Mario. I was, but yeah, I, I like to play Celeste and go really fast. But mostly, I just like watching. Yeah, I used to. I used to try to be competitive for uh, Spider-Man and Venom: Maximum Carnage. Oh my god! Somebody, the Genesis one. Yeah, like, sh- yeah, somebody shaved like four minutes off the time, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm never gonna get there. <laughs> what? I haven't thought about that game in so long. I loved that it's, game. That was so I when I was growing good. up. I had a. Um, cousin whose boyfriend worked for acclaim and so we would oh. get all of these random games that just weren't selling and yeah. like, so we got like maximum carnage and like my favorite game growing up was the demolition man video game really no <laughs> oh what <laughs> which what i don't was, think is even popular what it's, was it like it's um a real mishmash of styles of game mm-hmm. where like the first level is like contra but like really violent like, <laughs> like blood uh, everywhere like people yeah they bleed and like when somebody when you kill someone their body stays there oh god like, it doesn't like blink away or anything it doesn't fall off the side it just stays <laughs> that's amazing 
<laughs> and so it's like a side-scrolling like contra level, and then the second one is like a top-down, almost like a Zelda thing. What? And then the third level's back to side by side, and then there's a driving level, and like sure. it really goes all fucking over the place. And I could see why it didn't really pick up as a game. Right. It's also impossibly hard, and like Genesis games, you can't really like back then you couldn't save right go back to yeah like Battletoads yeah yep I was, I was thinking this is gonna be Battletoads vibes yeah one of my favorite games was Donald Duck's Quack Shot which was like <laughs> a weird game that had nothing to do with like any sort of specific it was no tie-in it was just like Donald Duck is an adventurer in this game for no reason okay um but it's actually a really sort of like it's a metroidvania for babies like you get like different <laughs> kinds of guns that can take you to different levels and like the map starts expanding uh-huh. and i loved it as a kid um no one has ever played it <laughs> i've never heard of it, it has great music though what, anyway what are those are movies uh child of game now we're on this yeah tangent. now we're now we're a video <laughs> game show uh yeah I, I guess uh you know like my my childhood games were like battletoads spider-man venom maximum carnage of course mario a lot of like like the sega saturn fighting games like virtual fighters mega mix what absolutely love that game that and is. then like uh of course pokemon like an unholy amount of hours and days and probably <laughs> years of my life logged into the pokemon <laughs> franchise that one never got me. Did you ever Pokemon? play Pokemon? Oh yeah, no, I was a huge Pokemon guy. I um, <laughs> my when I was a kid, I uh, uh, I was <laughs> the first Pokemon one I knew guy. who was like good at drawing. Oh, and so I learned I how to draw all the Pokemon, and um, I would sell drawings of them to kids in my oh class. Oh my god, what? that's adorable! Oh, that's I had like a whole like tr- I had like a whole market going of like. Uh, like prices for like rare ones because they're harder to draw. <laughs> <laughs> what was the hardest to draw? Um, I want to say it was like uh, like Charizard has like a lot of details. Mm. Um, Aerodactyl has a lot of details. Oh yeah, easy mm-hmm. ones are like um, uh, like Bulbasaur is like a quick one to draw. Oh yeah, the the Pokeball <laughs> ones are easy as shit. Those cost like nothing at all. I feel like those might have even been like freebies that you throw in with other stuff. <laughs> I'll give this one away. Oh yeah. Try, try to hook them in with like the cheap easy products and then you can be like nah come on this time it's not free <laughs> yeah you got the snorlax for cheap for a stick of gum <laughs> to pay up for gum. this fucking ride on uh what about you john uh to my to my eternal well to ash's eternal shame i have never been much of a gamer and the Damn. whole kind of arc of the podcast is him basically like bringing me over uh and kind of like corrupting me and turning me into a gamer. Um, Abs in the chat. Abs in the chat. No gamer. I I firmly believe we're only a few months out from John being like an elite tier Twitch streamer. (laughs) (laughs) I strongly believe that everyone would like a game because there's so many games that like aren't popular in America that are just like, you know, basically board games or like puzzles. Like everyone likes a video game. Yeah. I mean, everyone the games that I like are very barely video games. I know you play fucking yes. city skylines is honestly a fucking, uh, like AutoCAD software. Like it's, it yeah. might as well just be SolidWorks or yeah, LPM it's or something. it's a wildly boring game. And before that, I <laughs> was playing work. like Football Manager. Like that is an <laughs> insanely tedious game. <laughs> it's like a glorified uh, Excel yeah. spreadsheet. I mean, this is this is what I thought. Like when I was uh, when I was in university doing my uh, undergrad, like in the, in the dorm that I lived in all of the guys there were really into football manager and i was like you know what yeah let's give this a go and then i was like oh my god this is like having the world's most boring office job <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't get it 
<laughs> yeah, it's like um, they have that sort of thing in like uh, games like Madden and FIFA and whatever. You can have a career mode that you do functionally the same thing, but at some point you do get to play the sport. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, football exactly. manager is just like, it's nothing but stats. It's all just looking at the numbers and being like, I think this would be a good decision on my part. <laughs> For my bottom line. Like. <laughs> You know, we were a heartbeat away from, like, setting up, like, a Slack, and we could all just, like, you know, it'd be, like, logging into work. Oh, I should pro. No, I'm going to have to clock in and look at the transfer market. And I'm like, I did not... Uh, this is not This is not the thing that's going to hook me into gaming. <laughs> I already have to go to school. <laughs> yeah. I did, if I wanted to do, like, a business studies degree, I would have wasted my time that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't like shit like that. But um, anyway, let's get into the show. Yeah, let's get into the real show here. <laughs> um, let's do it. Thanks for talking to us about video games, though. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> we haven't really done that. Um, um, sorry to bring up AGDQ. It was a good uh, thing that I watched, though. It's a fun little thing. Um, so, don't hug me, I'm scared, is what we're talking about this week. Yeah, so you guys... Uh, so, when we started talking about doing an episode together, you had brought up um, this and Marble Hornets, and we decided on this because it's substantially shorter than Marble <laughs> Hornets. Yeah, because we're professionals, yeah. and we wanted to make sure we could get this episode done. Yeah. We, we, we did it all for the discourse. Yeah. <laughs> So what I guess what is your like history with Don't Hug Me I'm Scared? Did you see it when it was coming out or did you like come to it later? Um I I didn't see it right when it came out, but I think um the, the first year it came out like later in 2016 when that first episode was really picking up steam uh, is when I I kind of caught on to Don't Hug Me I'm Scared with the rest of like the I don't know Don't Hug Me I'm Scared community. Am I allowed to say that? Um <laughs> uh, no, we are we're cutting it out. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> Like, like this was this this stuff was kind of um, building and starting like as I was getting into like weirder, more experimental, and more just like disturbing kind of like horror cinema, and it just meshed perfectly for me that there there was like what if what if Sesame Streets was also like. I don't know, incredibly disgusting and surreal. Yeah, what if yeah. it was a Cronenberg movie too? Right? Yeah. V- Videodrome on Sesame Street. I was just I was just going to say I uh am a, like a, a secretly like a painfully normie goth. And so <laughs> when this this all first came out, I was completely unaware of it. Uh, I watched it for the first time this week. Uh it is so good. I yeah. I know if I had seen this at the time, I would have been like I would have been like one of those like assholes on reddit going here's the latest theory everybody this is what it's really about (laughs) i always think of that as like a breaking bad guy yeah like (laughs) breaking bad had the worst fandom for like two seasons Uh they were making memes Mm -hmm. and being like actually the color blue means this in the show and then you can see it Uh, that is causing me spiritual pain right now. <laughs> yeah, it's in not- this scene, Walt is cooking eggs, and yet later he says the word egg. <laughs> what does it oh, mean? So <laughs> um, yeah, so that's fun. I'd seen it. Ash had seen it. John hadn't, and Jeremy hadn't. I had seen one episode of it. Um, oh, right. Because I have a, uh, for the past, I think, 10 years now, I've had a running uh, YouTube playlist with my best friend, Nick, that we just add shit to to watch when we get high <laughs> together. Okay. And we watch the nice. same exact playlist every time we get high together. We do this like, in person two or three times a year. Yeah, 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 we'll like hang out two or three times a year and just throw on this playlist. And it's 
the same exact thing for 10 years. <laughs> uh, but it gets bigger and bigger, right? And this somehow uh-huh. ended up on it. I don't remember who put it on there, but it was the episode with the computer guy. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I'd always loved it, but I'd never inspect it any further. <laughs> well, it doesn't say, like, episode three on it. It's just, like, it starts and Yeah, I think it's it over. just says, like, computer and whatever. And, like, I don't know. I've always loved that, and I'm, like, very happy that I finally went and watched the rest of this. Because yeah. it is really cool and really good. So let me quickly run down what we're talking about for the listener. This is a... A horror comedy puppet show that was released on YouTube and Vimeo called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, directed and created by Becky Sloan and Joseph Pelling. Um, They're two British people. Um, So basically, they were art students and they decided to make a weird video. It kind of caught on. They did a few more and then they kickstarted a few more. They immediately started getting um, like uh, asks from networks, BBC and like British companies who wanted to be like oh we'll give you a show and they were like no 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 we're just gonna do it on our own yeah um mm. and so they made six episodes and um we're gonna be talking about those six episodes um, yeah it's hard to like break down the plot necessarily yeah but i guess generally we follow these three characters who are puppets one's like a little yellow dude one's yellow a big guy. red dude <laughs> red one guy. is a like a bird person duck guy uh <laughs> <laughs> And it's like their little adventures together. Every episode is framed around kind of like a, a a theme that you would see in like a children's show, like creativity or time, time or something like that. And there's a song that's supposed to be educational, um, and that's kind of the the bit, right? That's mm-hmm. there's sort of a, a like a through line of it all, where like they slowly start to like disappear from the show. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But that's really it, right? Like, you guys didn't track any sort of, like, grander... Although you, Ash, you said that you, like, have some experience in, like, the the community of this show. Mm. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's much of, like, a a through line for the plot of this, right? Like, I think you're right, like, um, by the time we get to the uh, sixth episode, Dreams, there's definitely, like, Yellow Guys alone and Duck Guy and Red Guy have, like, gone away or disappeared from the show. And I think that's kind of, like... If there's like a plot, that, that that's it, mm-hmm. maybe. But even that's like that is so tenuous. Yeah, because I so before we started taping, I watched a couple of those insufferable uh, YouTube and like analysis shows about this. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, I I was talking to Ash about this as well. I did exactly the same thing. Oh my god, did you watch the same? You probably watched the same one. The, the film critic guy is like, and uh, this part of the story is where uh, the. The network executive comes in and uh, offers him a lot of money to make oh the show. Oh my like, god! He's got the worst YouTube voice ever, <laughs> and it's just like the least interesting way of thinking about any piece of media is to go. Uh, and this is something that happens all the time in horror, in especially with horror, and it drives me crazy. Is that people will go, "Oh, we've spotted this thing." And that connects to this thing in the real world, which I've also noticed. <laughs> I, have so- <laughs> I, I, I have solved art, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I as I was watching the, this stuff, and they're like, uh, you know, in the back of this one is the number chart, and this one's the number chart, and like over here, he's talking about wheat, and then this guy uh, has wheat on his oh. shirts. Oh, uh, no oats god! And I was like, I would be so disappointed if I found out that the creators actually put this stuff in here for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more interesting to think of this as like like the more plot you try to add to Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, I Feel the Worse It Gets. Hmm. 
Like, I think it's yeah. much more interesting when you think of it almost as like the the show, like the the children's show is almost like a, a like a force of nature that's just like bearing down on these characters. Right. You know what I mean? Like instead of it actually being a literal show, because the theory I guess that they were presenting is that these three characters are characters on a real show that's really being made. And like the red guy is the creator of the show and uh, (laughs) that his dream is being perverted by the yellow guy's dad. And that's why the show gets surreal and weird. And then he quits. And that's when he's walking away from the phone. But I just, I don't, want it to be that i guess what do you want it to be i want it to be that they're like they're just characters in a surreal horror that doesn't really extend outside the bounds of the story like i don't think it needs to have a story i think it's better if it's just kind of almost episodic in nature well so so to me i i felt you know i watched this uh, probably around the same time ash did which was when i think the the computer one had just come out Mm -hmm. and that one sort of gained a lot of traction and the whole first one the first three sort of were becoming like more popular and like, you know, this sort of weird underground art video scene Mm. that exists online. And I was like, wow, this is great. I like this kind of stuff. Cause it reminded me a lot of like the mighty boosh. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, just like this sort of dumb surrealist comedy that wasn't really about anything. Right. But then as it sort of ended, I, I felt like when I finally watched the sixth episode, I felt like it, you're kind of inevitably confronted with what it's supposed to be. Mm. And I think I think I agree with you that it's not made much better by like what it is supposed to be, but I do think that it is kind of an intentional f- lashing out at frustration of working on something under capitalism. It's like, to me, it was like, this is like a show that someone is making and like every episode is the same concept, right? Because it's like, creative creativity let's Mm. teach kids about creativity and then it's like actually creativity is only this thing within a certain box right and then it's like what is time and it's like time is about like this sort of reactionary like let's look at the past and Mm -hmm. like don't look at the future it's sort of always trying to like put their creativity inside of this box until they're sort of like one by one killed off and then at the end of the show um on in the sixth sixth episode um red guy is like pulling the plug on the whole show because it's become crazy and then um, the last shot of the show is each of the three original characters in the color that they had originally said was their favorite color in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so now they get to make the show they wanted to make. I feel like that's like in the text yeah. of just like them, this like horrific force of like not being allowed to do art the way they want to do is like just tearing the show apart and making it horrifying. And then they get rid of it or whatever because they they have like that they literally turned down like six offers right (laughs) to to show how they want to do it so i feel like it can't be you know you can't escape the fact that that's kind of what they're talking about right i don't i'm not personally interested in being like well the calendar is always june (laughs) 19th because it references this thing in british british history which is what Nightmind, uh, Nightmind is a little video I watched about this. And and it's all those sort of like exactly what the references are. I don't really care. But I think the whole message of the story is kind of interesting as like a sort of lashing out against corporate media trying to tell these artists how to make a show. I mean, I, I see that. Yeah. I feel like maybe on like review, I could see it more with a message. 
I think what I'm lashing out against definitely is <laughs> specifically this genre of analysis that mm. is like yeah, there's a yeah. calendar on the wall. Why is it the same day every day? The stock market soared on this day. It was Father's Day. Like all this. <laughs> like, where it's just like, I don't care. I don't care about the fact that you have kind of connected a, a kind of artifact within the text to the to the external world within which you exist i mean well done but like and i think it's a kids tv show right that's what it's presented as and i totally i totally agree that there's no point trying to read additional plot into it because you know uh like the didactic function of children's television isn't like doesn't work by the fact that kids go, ah, this is clearly trying to teach me a moral lesson that I should apply to my life. It's like Mm. kids think these worlds are real, like when you present it to them. And the show makes exact, this show makes exactly the same demand where they just go, yeah, you can, you could read it as a, as a kind of meta commentary on the act of creation, or you can just read it as like, here's this weird little world that we're showing you. uh, And you get to see all the kind of rules of logic and, and, and kind of the norms that it creates get kind of brutally smashed apart. Uh And there's like a lot of um, like, it it almost has this sort of like every episode has this sort of like, like swirling effect to it, I feel, where like you start kind of on this bigger sort of ring where like everything is sort of normal. It's like a kid's show, but it's like a little uh, like funny and weird. But then like, it'll just like, as it gets closer to the bottom of the drain, it just starts to accelerate and get weirder (laughs) more and more rapidly until you reach the bottom where it's just like, and now... Uh, we're you. tearing his guts out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting because it's like uh, the first one is about creativity and that one's sort of obvious of yeah. like you're not allowed you, we're all interested in creativity but only within our like understanding of creativity. Time is a little bit harder to define but like the love one is like this one's about Ooh, yeah. like Christian moralism of like <laughs> like oh your your poor friends didn't like you but like um, you know, if you hang out with us and do exactly what we tell you and worship our God and throw away your entire life and wash your brain, you can have love and be happy. Um, like those are very specific references, you yeah. know, to like the sort of cult mentality yeah. of conservative moralism. Yeah, you, you got you got to feed Malcolm his gravel. That, that's the lesson <laughs> yeah. we take away from love. Yeah, I think um, I, I think for me, like, there's a lot of interesting things going on, and I think one of the big ones is that, like, kind of picking up off what John said, you have this tension that comes in from the fact that this is presenting as Sesame Street, right? These are these are these are Muppets, you know? These are children's uh, like iconographic pieces, and the world functions like similar to like Blue's Clues and like all of these like you know kind of nostalgic children's TVs. Or TV programs, mm-hmm. and you have like like the there's supposed to be something pure about these, right? When you watch an episode of Sesame Street, you know even now when like Sesame Street characters are dealing with like drug addiction and secure <laughs> housing and all these things, like the message is still supposed to be really direct and pure. Like people should have good things, you should be kind and stuff like that. Yeah, and then like that mirrors artistic creation in and of itself, right? In, in an ideal situation, artistic creation should be liberated. Right. You should be free to create art and not have to worry about these kind of external constructs weighing down on what you wanted to express. But, you know, each of these things is kind of twisted and broken and teased apart by these things we're talking about. Right. So creativity mm-hmm. being leashed by capitalism, time like we time has one of my favorite scenes since we're duck guy 
like they're, they're doing the, like the happy time song and Duck Guy is like time is a construct it lives in your mind and then the clock like <laughs> is like no <laughs> it's, fan- it's doing fantastic an alarm. Like, yeah it does the alarm <laughs> yeah 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 which is so fun too because it's one of my favorite things about the whole show altogether is like how much of it also just plays into jokes that are based around rhythm oh, where yeah, there's yeah. certain things like musical. that where like the the the, the beep syncs up with the beat so perfectly at that yep. point that it's just like, it makes sense that that's there. That's where it goes in the song. <laughs> yeah. And like, because um, they wrote it that way. <laughs> there's the, uh, what is it, in the computer one with the globe where they like look over to it and there's yep. like nothing happening. <laughs> and then like there's, and there's like certain pauses in that where like the computer is like waiting to say something and they're like, well, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it's yeah. all just because that's where the beat goes. Yeah. What can we do? What can we right. do? <laughs> well, if only there was a way to learn more. Intent. Mm. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys: What do you all think of this in terms of like where it stands with other similar works of mm. like? Um, I wouldn't call it a parody necessarily. This, but like, kind of in the realm of like using a children's show as a framing device. So, for for example, like uh, Wonder Shows, and is one that I would put okay. along with this. Yeah, Un- unedited footage of a bear. Perhaps? Footage of a yep. I've never seen that actually. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. basically a commercial for like a an allergy medicine mm-hmm. that's slowly like like the woman is like taking the medicine and like living her happy life, and then she like sees a double of herself, and then it like uh-huh. gets more mm-hmm. and more scary. Oh. Um, but it's like directed perfectly, like a like an yep. allergy commercial uh-huh. and then it just gets weirder and weirder and then huh. it's not like yeah, too, a parody. too many cooks as well yeah too yeah, many, too many cooks. cooks is kind of in a similar thing i was also thinking of um uh look around you oh yeah it's kind of like this and then yep. most mm-hmm. recently the john mulaney and the sack lunch bunch did you guys see that mm-hmm. that's yep. like a children's show special he got he made right so that's kind of what i was thinking yeah. of when i was watching this is like contrasting it to the sack lunch bunch because i kind of hated that okay because that's an earnest children's show yeah. but that's the thing is it's like i'm not sure if it is and that's kind it. of even a question that they present really early on where he's like talking to a kid like one of the child actors and she's like well what is the perspective of this like is it that it's a kid's <laughs> that's show what she says? <laughs> or are you making like a like a parody of a kid's show and he's like well that is the the question isn't it and like that's kind of the thesis of the show is it's never really sure which one it is. Okay. And I think what I like about this show in comparison to all of them really is that, well, a, it's very decisive about the fact that it is in a kid's show, but it's not a parody of a kid's show necessarily. It's using that as a framing device for a horror comedy. Right. But this is not for kids, Mm. but it's not for kids at all. (laughs) And then also that, you know, kind of like what I was saying before that, like the children's show itself is, almost separate of the characters as a thing that's happening to them rather yeah. than a thing that they exist in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really like that. And I think what the way that I think about this in the context of horror is that like horror exists to like really effective horror exists to kind of peel away the, the skin of the kind of normal uh, day-to-day existence and to show its kind of contingency and, and fragility um, Ash was talking about Sesame Street and Sesame Street kind of presents children a sort of idealized vision of the world, which is that 
you know, people are different, but everybody deserves nice things. And like, if we if we're all nice to one another, like it's the classic ideological conditioning of what like children's media is supposed to do. But what I love about this is like, I think this is totally this is not a show you should show show to kids, but it's a very honest children's television show because mm-hmm. it goes actually all of that normal day-to-day stability that you're told your life is supposed to contain all of those little songs that we're supposed to kind of teach you to sing underneath it all there's this kind of teeming mass of insanity and 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 body horror and (laughs) and weird surreal digital glitches because you know we've raised a generation completely online and it's melted their brains and like you know so i i think it's i think it's a great way of kind of just like peeling back the skin uh, and kind of showing the 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 like the normal world in massive inverted commas is this uh, incredibly fragile and contingent thing, and all you need to do is you need to come at it with honesty, or you come at come at it from like just a slightly where everything's just slightly off, and you get to see just how horrifying existence properly is. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite way that the show kind of uh, portrays that is that like. In, in inside of all of these like felt characters and the and like the little claymation bugs and stuff is just mm-hmm. like this infinite mass of indistinguishable gore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like you you see you see this adorable like 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 these are these are fun cute little puppets that would like there's there's nothing like inherently disturbing about like yellow guy red guy and duck guy right if they walked onto sesame street you would be like oh look they've got a they've got a new puppet right you know but like inside each one of them is just kind of like this teeming and swirling vortex of random gore and that 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 for me really underscores the the uh reality as it's presented versus the kind of uh infinite horror that has to exist underneath in order to sustain it to what jeremy said i i think what makes this one really good in terms of those things it's like the unedited footage of a bear and even to a certain extent like too many cooks like too many cooks isn't a commentary on sitcoms like there's not much anything going on yeah if anything it's 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 almost like a um like a tv tropes page yeah yeah where it's just listing all Mm. the sitcom things it's almost i mean i think it's really fun and like really well done and i think people like it because it's funny yeah and it's a good it's funny Mm -hmm. and it's it's cool looking and that's fine but it it is almost sort of i can imagine that too many cooks like off like off shooting like a certain kind of shitty copycat where it's just like reference upon reference um oh yeah and that's not interesting to me but i think another thing that we were considering doing with the horror vanguard was uh alan's tutorial and i think mr resnick who made alan's tutorial really understands that if you're going to take the language of something else and turn it into horror or turn it into a comedy or like use something with it you kind of have to be saying something about the medium yeah um and i think that this one works really well for me because not only is it just funny and just interesting and you know affecting on its own it also like is trying to talk about what it means to make a children's show um on top of itself so then in that way is it almost like not in the realm of things like wonder shows and but rather more in the realm of almost like Shaun of the dead yeah kind (laughs) of i think so because wonder shows and is just there to fuck you up and try to like be edgy right you know like they're not really trying to do anything but be like 
use the language of of kids shows to a shock you and b make you laugh and c maybe make some commentary about whatever they're completely separate yeah political shit and like yeah yeah, religion but this is like kind of using the children's show language to talk about a children's show um and then obviously horror to talk about making a children's show so i think that's really clever and and the fact that they don't hit you over the head with all of their metaphors and you know use in um symbology or whatever and it sort of just exists in the background of Mm, and informs what they were what they're doing um makes it work really well i think And and it really it really did work as well i um when they did the kickstarter they got into some trouble um because uh they I don't know if you did you see the hostage videos yeah, that yeah. they they filmed. Yeah. Well, I've seen them. Jeremy, and did so you watch like, them? No, I didn't watch okay. them. So, so for the Kickstarter, they they released like the Kickstarter videos, but it was basically like the three characters were being held hostage and they were asking for help. Uh-huh. Um, and like there was a kid who stole some credit cards and donated oh, yeah. like. 30,000 pounds to this Kickstarter to try and free them, and I'm like, I love that about this show, that. Like you know, it's it, it is it's a kid show. There was this kid who saw it. Um, <laughs> like, isn't the isn't the first episode? Uh, if you go on YouTube, it's like suitable for kids, and it's yep. like next to like Paw Patrol clips and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like, amazing! I love everything about that. <laughs> it's um like what's his name uh, from the seventies? Uh, HR Puffin stuff. Puffin stuff. Who <laughs> who said uh, on his show once? Like, go into your parents' wallet and find cash and mail it to me. And then like, all yep. these kids did it. And he got taken off the air, I think. Really? I didn't know about that. <laughs> That's awesome. You should definitely do that if you're making a kid's show. But that he had to give yeah. they had to give all the money back or whatever. They had to give all the money back, but like I love the idea that that you know that's that's another layer to the horror of it right that this dark and twisted thing like emerged out into into the kind of technical web of youtube and some kid who was probably never supposed to see this show stumbles across it and it like gets its hooks into them to the point that they go out and try and commit credit card fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like i'm like horror horror is a powerful cultural form <laughs> Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I like committing credit card fraud. Yeah, I think as a parody, <laughs> credit card fraud. It's <laughs> an official stance of generation loss. Doing, and now the horror vanguard as well. As a bit, it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, this idea that like you know, oh, it's just a kids show, or it's like it's just talking, it's talking about in these kind of really limited terms. I think that's such an interesting thing that this is a show that had the kind of reach to 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 do that. Mm. And I think that is, it, it absolutely is part of the horror of it. And that's what makes it so effective is that it's so subtle and it can be treated, it treats its, it takes its subject matter so seriously that like this kid thought it was just a real TV show, the real kids. I didn't realize show. that that's and why he did it. I just thought he just want, I thought it was just a kid who wanted to see more and was just helping. I didn't know he <laughs> was like a child who thought it was like it was his like, characters were in <laughs> yeah. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about uh the concept of more? Cuz in um a little while ago they posted a trailer for a new season of Don't Hug Me I'm Scared. And it was like 2 years ago and supposedly it's supposed to premiere this year. This year? But, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, cuz I was a little conflicted because I think 
in my, you know, in sort of my head canon of what this show is, like, it's over, right? Like, I don't want to see them make a n- yep. nice show. Right. So what am I, what are they going to do? Are they going to dive too much and make Jeremy hate it into the, yeah. into the lore and mm. stuff? I think that's the kind of problem when you're making art that's like this, art that's really surreal and aggressively horrific. And like, one of my favorite things about Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is that it actively resists you trying to interpret or enjoy it. You know, like once you once you get once you get into the yeah. rhythm of one of its songs, it immediately starts dissecting and melting its characters. Mm-hmm. So you you can't enjoy it as like ironic parody and pastiche of children's media. You can't enjoy it as horror because it keeps hitting you with a bunch of random stuff. And that like if you keep making this, like uh, I, I think about uh, uh, Night Vale, like Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. And like the first season or two of that was like random, really surreal radio horror. And then now it's like this intricate universe with like rumors of TV shows and novelizations and things like that. And like over time, the characters will become codified. A plot will emerge. You know, the fandom will start to demand things specifically that stuck with them. Like this is kind of like the bane of serialized fiction. And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm on team. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really want more. I think this is good where it is and we can yeah. do something else. It's uh, similar to, um, that, uh, HBO show, the, um, big little lies. I didn't see it. Uh, did it either? You see it? No, no. It's like a, it's a very good self-contained one season show that they just decided to make more of and just the more you add to it like it it was a book the first season was a oh, book and right, then right, after right, that right, they're right. like well what if the yeah, book yeah. was more yeah and so they just made more of it and now it sucks and the same goes for um uh the the leftovers <laughs> the leftovers get lost i love the leftovers no i like it too i was uh, kidding <laughs> no the um the search party Search Party was like that too. Search Party was uh, a, like a TBS show or something like that that mm. had um, maybe from Arrested Development on it. Okay, and it's a really good self-contained oh, yeah. one-season show, and then they made a second season, and you're it's just bad now. And and it, this comes back to a conversation that we've had before, and I apologize to everybody, but we are going to talk <laughs> about Star Wars again. Oh no! It's <laughs> things are good when they're self-contained. It's okay for something to be short and self-contained. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then not expand on it anymore it's okay to leave questions unanswered <laughs> yeah and like this is this is tied into a bigger point about cultural production under capitalism right you you can produce something that is a uh coherent work of art right that's what that's what those six episodes are they form does it answer everything does it explain everything no but it leaves you something to kind of engage with but anything that is successful if you if you commodify culture and, it, and put it into the logic of a market if you've got a product that sells the job is to produce more but like what if what if this thing but more but more of it we're just right. we're just going to do more and i think i'm told i'm with ash i don't i'm i'm not wild about the idea of seeing more i'm kind of on the fence because i agree with all of you um but i feel like I don't think that these particular creators would want to do more if they didn't have more to say and didn't have an interesting idea. Yeah, um, good point. So, yeah. who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that that I definitely do like, that, that they've turned down offers from, like, Channel 4. And, I mean, like, I don't want to get too, oh, you have to, you have to, like, you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't sell <laughs> out, man. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into that trap because that's just, like, that's pretty, that's like a garbage take. But like it is, it is kind of refreshing to know that the the two people behind this show have like 
wanted to keep it under their control and, yeah. and on their terms. Yeah. The only thing that concerns me, though, is that, you know, the stories about them turning down these deals take place after the first episode came out, you know, back in 2014 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so what you have then is, yeah, that's true. is a six-year time span for things to change in their lives and like their material conditions to completely change to a point where like maybe the idea of just like selling this show they made makes a lot of sense to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How many, how many like uh, giant oversized checks can you turn? I don't know what my personal is, but I don't think it would be very high. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely under, have thought about that. uh, Like what your number is. It's like, well, what is the thing? Like, yeah. Mm. They say everyone has a price and it's like, well, I guess so do I. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll have to see. Anyway, so would you guys recommend this show? This video? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it too. I don't really have any caveats. I think it's from, it does exactly what it's wanting to do, which is something that very few people even have ever attempted to do. Um Incredibly, it never misses a beat. There's never an episode that's like, ah, oh, this didn't really work. This idea didn't work. It's kind of all there, I yeah. think. It, yeah, it all hits. Uh, like, definitely show this to your kids. No, don't. Dude, no, don't, no, don't, show it to your don't. kids. I think you could show the first one, right? <laughs> yeah, there's like a heart. Creativity is pretty clean. Okay, wait, actually, just to have one criticism, in the very first episode, Duck Guy is writing like death in one shot. Mm-hmm. And when I first watched that episode, I felt like this is just like XD random, like yeah. ooh, dark <laughs> shit. There's yeah. just like... Now that I look look back at it in the context of the show, like I think it's fine, but there is like a few shots in that first one where it's just like, oh, can you believe how fucking creepy this one got? And yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> calm down. They really didn't do that after that first episode, but I feel like they want that's their one slip up. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good show. Anyway, thanks guys so much for coming on and talking with us about Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared and all kinds of other videos and video games. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything you guys want to plug? That, yeah, thank you so much uh, to both of you for having us on. Yes, You're please. If, if you are a fan of spooky movies, please come listen to The Horror Vanguard. You can find us on SoundCloud and wherever good podcasts are distributed through RSS feeds. Um <laughs> You can come and uh, support us on Patreon and get access to our book club episodes and the Discord server. Um, uh, yeah, Ash, did I miss anything? Um, we have a Twitter at uh, Horror Vanguard. You can you can find us there. That's about it. Wow, we're not good. At, we're not we're not good at this like, self promotion. <laughs> yeah, self promotion is so not the thing I'm good at. Oh, I know. Give us money and listen to our podcast. It's people tell me it's good. There, there, there's the plug. Dude, my my co-host on my other show and I, uh, we used to be on a music podcast together as well. And every time we'd go to plug it, we'd end up just like shitting on the podcast. Also, <laughs> you'd be like, yeah, come listen to it for us arguing about whether or not this album is good. It's not very good. <laughs> they all suck. <laughs> The show sucked. Oh, <laughs> um. uh, yeah. But thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. This has been me and Jeremy and now Horror Vanguard talking about movies. Um, follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod. Hopefully we have the Patreon up soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Generation Loss. This will be the first time we're plugging that. So hopefully you're liking it. <laughs> hopefully we're doing a good job with that. I'm not going to shit on it because I don't know yet. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Um, Follow me at Kinematography. Yeah, follow me at Jeremy Thunder. And we will see you next time. 
very strange indeed. I have no memory of tying myself up or falling asleep here. Why are we in my dad's house? I don't think this is your dad's house. Well, whoever lives here certainly needs to have a tidy up. It smells like rats and gasoline. Thank you.